Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. We are currently offering two services each week. We have a 9 a.m. worship service that you can attend either in person or online at newhope365.church, and we have a 10.30 a.m. family service for parents and children to attend together. We would love to connect with you however you feel most comfortable, either in person or online. And now, here is today's message. Uh, today, we continue a series called A Kingdom of Community, and I'll be wrapping this up in just a week, this, this idea of the kingdom. And the kingdom series has been uh, dialed in around the fact that there is a kingdom in which God has established his kingdom, and he, we, if you call yourself a Christian, you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you are part of that kingdom. And that kingdom is continually... Uh, wanting you to function and live in joy and hope and goodness and truth. And, and there's nothing like the kingdom of God. There's nothing like it. When you are part of it and you grow to understand what it's about, you will never want to leave this kingdom. But there's always a counterfeit, right? There's a counterfeit to this. It's the kingdom of darkness. And our, our enemy... Satan desires to take everything that, that was good and right and established and make it what? He wants to make it a counterfeit so that literally people will go, oh, I want to be part of that. And it is our responsibility as Christians to understand and to see and to grow to learn and learn what is truly a counterfeit and what is not. What do we do? What have I said over this series in the kingdom is that the way to know what is counterfeit and what is real is to study the real so well that when the counterfeit money, let's use the money analogy, the counterfeit money, you're looking at it and, and you literally don't have to look at it long because you've studied the real for so long that at any moment you study the counterfeit, you see it's fake. It's fake. And so the challenge in this is going, learning, growing to understand the kingdom of God. Now, before I get into this, it's actually part three, as we have been rolling through a kingdom of community, and I've been sharing thoughts that the Lord has been downloading into my life. And he's downloading into my life, and hopefully he's downloading into your life this kingdom of community, and it's something that's going to be long-term for New Hope 365. It's not something that we're just, I'm just talking about. It's something that is who we are and what we will do continually going forward. I don't know, as, you, as you've been out among culture at some level, I don't know if you've been to the post office lately or if you've been to a, a store lately uh, and you're standing in line and it just seems like uh, what I've been experiencing in, in a long line or in environments where people are all masked up and there's, you know, people are trying to social distance and so forth, the tensions are high, at least where, I, where I've been. I don't know why. I mean, people have been irritated and agitated. And it might be because maybe we're in a pandemic and maybe the political climate is, is, is awful and all that type of stuff. And people are like, oh man, this sucks, you know, to live in this time and in this era. But interesting about about biblical community is that when Jesus returns Jesus talked about in the book of Matthew about how it would be like in the days of Noah and that the the atmosphere was such a godless atmosphere 
that even though it took 120 years for Noah to build a boat, you would think there would be some margin of time where God would go, gosh, people are getting a lot better. And things are, people are finally starting to smile again and starting to turn to me and look out for one another. And God never saw that. The earth had gotten to such a place that he had to destroy the earth. And what do we know of that? That God saved Noah and his sons and their spouses. We live in an hour and a day where our Heavenly Father knows that it is not too long before his return. But we don't know that hour, I know. And for those online, don't, don't count me as a heretic. For t- I'm not uh, calling the, ne- the time out. But I know this. You can look at the signs. You can look at the signs and realize that we are in a time and an era where I believe that it is soon the return of our Savior. And not as a baby. And one of the things that we need to grow in and understand in an hour in which people are yelling at each other, screaming at each other, getting angry, and, and, and continually to go down, continuing to go down roads that are anti-God, anti-Christ, and, and all that. What is the thing, one of the things that's going to sustain us in this hour is a kingdom of community. I desire, and I don't know if you desire, online, I don't know if you desire this. How many of you desire Acts 2 power? Acts 2 power. But if we are going to, I I believe with all my heart, if we are going to have Acts 2 power, then we better, leading into that, have Acts 2 community. Then we need to have Acts 2 community in which our Heavenly Father is saying, this is... This is what I'm calling you to. And you can negotiate that. You can think that you can live without community. But that's a counterfeit. There's, there's, there's true biblical community. A kingdom of community is one that you, that the enemy would like to duplicate and say, say here's the, the counterfeit is what you can just go to the local bars and you can, you can just live your life and, and you're going to think that you're going to... No, no, no. This is something that is rich and deep and intimate. In fact, let me, let me read to you, as I have the last few weeks, Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. And this is the New Testament, Acts 2. They, coming off of Acts 2 power, began to experience Acts 2 community, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is, this is the 120. We're in an upper room. The Holy Spirit comes, wind, fire, the power of God. And now this is the, this is the residuals of what God is doing. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship. And I'll explain this in just a moment, a little bit more, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were being done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. That is the result of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2 power coming, is that 
when, when we are functioning in unity, we have what you go, well, well you don't see, I, I see this way, I work this way, this is the way I do life, I, you know, I, I don't like you, I think you're, you know, whatever. No, when the Holy Spirit acts, two power comes, what happens is there becomes a commonality among us, and the world sees that. Selling their possessions, and we, some have said all their possessions, no, 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 the, the Holy Spirit, when the power of God comes upon you, you don't go and just sell all your possessions. I mean, maybe God would call you to that, but most of us, that's not been the case. But what you will do is the way that you give and the way that you use your resources, it begins to change. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And and I'm going to talk about this in a week. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And as as you think about what God was doing there, this is what He's calling us to. The problem is, is this is, not, this is not what culture is propagating right now and putting out there. This is counter to culture. What is culture? Culture has been something we've been living in day in and day out of our life, every, every day of our life. What is it? We build a home and we have garage doors that go down. And that's not a bad thing. You like to be able to secure your, your cars, right? But we've lost the community. Garage doors go down. And we walk into our houses with our AC and our heated rooms. And we put up a thing called a privacy fence. And many of you go, and I'm glad I got a privacy fence. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, I got a privacy fence. And, and we, we no longer, what culture used to do, you know, 100 years ago, was sit out on the front porch and engage the neighbors. And now we're annoyed by neighbors. And in many cases, we don't know our neighbors. And this is a tension for the body of Christ. This is, this is stuff we, we wrestle with because... In the kingdom of God, the way we look at people, see people, help people, begins to change when Acts 2 power comes into our life. It begins to change the way we engage. This is very, very significant. And so, first thing I would tell you today, and you may already know this, is you're called, and we're going to put this up, you are called to this community. Number one, you are called to community. And this is what I've been talking about um, for the last couple weeks. Is I've, I've shared what is called a tithe, a tithe of time. And unless we become intentional with our time, this won't occur. Why? Because the majority of culture says what? I don't have time. I don't have time. And in the kingdom of God, you are called, you are called to organize and build your life in such a way that you actually have time to do that. 
And if you go, I just don't have time to be with people, then I would say you've mismanaged your time. Oh, well, you don't understand. I don't have time to help people. Then maybe you ought to reevaluate your relationship with God. We are called to community. And this is, if you look at, they're called to, they begin to fellowship with. The word fellowship is translated in the Greek, and you've heard of this. You've been taught it for years. Koinonia. You've heard the, you've heard the Greek phrase. Translated as partnership, participation, fellowship, or, and it was so intense by the New Testament Acts 2 community or relational intercourse. Not sexual intercourse, relational intercourse that was deep, meaningful, engaging to the point that what would happen is that when you had this, the world would look on and go, what is it that they have? And I would like to have a little bit of that, and I would like to engage that. I don't think I have to get into um, culturally anymore about the reality of the barriers. You know the barriers to this community, this koinonia, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, life, life on life, giving, sharing, all of that. The Christ followers of the New Testament, early church, and now are called to do life and have radical commitment to relationships. And it goes back, it goes back to Genesis. If you go back to Genesis, Adam is, it was, was created, formed by God. And it says that he was alone. And it, what, what does that say? It was not good for man to be what? And the first koinonia began to be formed from the beginning. And he creates Eve. Koinonia was missing. Fellowship in the beginning. And uh, I've heard Christ followers say this over the years, that they, don't, that they go to church, they read their Bible, they pray, but they don't have spiritual passion. And they say, I don't have fire in my bones like some others have. And what I would say, what's missing is biblical community. Seriously, what is biblical community? It's something in which we get together. And, and isn't there something about the fact that when you're facing the struggles and the trials of life, that I can, actually, I can actually come to you, and I can share and bear my heart to you, and you can go, you know what? I will pray for you. I hear you, and I love you. There's something powerful about that community. Um, I don't know what, what it's going to take for us to, spiritually speaking, open up the garages, turn the temperature up, so to speak, remove the privacy fences, so that we can once again have acts to community. I don't know what it would take. What would it take in your life to walk into the home, to walk into, into relationship, and let down your guard so that you can begin to have koinonia, relational intercourse with others that is Acts chapter 2? 
what will it take for you to get to that place? And you can, even online, what do you think it would take? I'm asking now. What do you think it would take for the garage to go up, the fence to come down, spiritually speaking, so that you can begin to engage Acts 2 biblical community? Not all at once. Conviction of the Holy Spirit. A conviction of the Holy Spirit. We, go, no, no, please join. Putting, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting away the fear. Allowing the garage doors of fear to go up, so to speak. So that no longer do we have that barrier. Hmm. Anybody else? And online, put that right in the chat. Anybody else? So, I believe in order for New Hope 365 to move forward and to become everything that God intends our body to be, everything God intends us as the body of believers to become, we must embrace this biblical community and what we have coined as the leadership is one of our core values is spiritual community. We do it. It's part of us. In order for us to become what God has called us, we have to embrace this spiritual, biblical community. Over the years, I've traveled to places around the world, and uh, uh, one of the areas that I went to for years was La Paz, Bolivia. It's uh, a large city with two extremes economically. Incredible. It, it, literally, you would, you would see uh, poverty. You would see um, Indians that live uh, in the community that were poor. And then you would see some of the wealthy. And they would all be interacting and all of that. And then go out to the countryside. And there was another type of poor in Bolivia. None that I had ever seen before. And one of, one of the things that it, it amazes me there of the extreme poverty, it, 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 this, this, this extreme poverty where literally, um, I can't admit, they're living in, this, they're living in this, this hut. They have very little resource. It would be places that I would go that would be, in many cases, cold because of the elevation and where we were. And I would look at this extreme poverty. And if you think you struggle financially, take a trip because we don't know what struggling is. It's, it, in the, in, unless you've gone to this third world country and see this. But what saddened me as I thought and journaled is many times when I traveled to economically depressed environments like that, it's people out of economic extreme poverty came relational poverty. Came relational poverty. And Many of the places with relational poverty were places where they don't marry. There's no real family unity. There's the children are left, and I observe this, to raise themselves or raise another sibling. And many of the families that I ministered to over the years were depressed by sexual abuse, alcohol abuse, drug abuse. And it's common in places where there's extreme poverty to be re- have relational poverty like that. And my heart would break over the lack of material possessions. But my heart would break more 
than over the economic material possessions issue as much as the relational. And I wonder if the relational would lead to a better economic world. I don't know. But they had this relational deficiency. And then I realized over the years that our material, materially rich culture that we live in, in spite of being rich, we're relationally impoverished. And right now, doesn't it feel amped up? It just feels amped up. And, and I think that our, our enemy, the counterfeiter, the other kingdom would love for us to live in the depressed state of going, it will never get better, it we're never going to emerge out of it, to which I would say, that's not true. We are going to emerge out of it. And we are going to be better. And, our, and the Holy Spirit, and here's the deal, and I believe with all my heart that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, is going to be the ones that pave the way and lead the way. And I said last week, if a book was to be written, like in the New Testament, a book of, you know, Romans and Corinthians and Ephesians all written to people in different places. I said, what would be in the book of the greater Austin area? What would it be? And I believe, I believe that if we will embrace this in the book of the greater Austin area, that would be written by us, that people historically, historically would look at, that they would say they were a people that truly lived Acts 2 community. And therefore, they saw Acts 2 power. And literally, they began to grow and understand and see what, how important it was. And then, and then from there, the rest of the communities began to see the love of God, the love for each other, the kindness for people, and what? And they moved to know the one that was what Steve said as we sang today, Emmanuel. God with us. Many people, I would say, in the greater Austin area are probably relationally impoverished. And they're not doing life at a deep and committed level. So I'm asking myself the same question, why is that? And I think there's an element of leadership in the church that maybe hasn't modeled that. Um, Church leaders have asked this question and... um, and um, the question is, and, and these are two questions that over the years I've wrestled with, they are left, when we ask people about, let's go personal relationship, Alice, let's put the personal relationship question. This is a question that, we, that I was asked growing up in the Baptist church, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? To which I would say, yes, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. It's important. Why? It's to come to, you come to God by faith, by grace through faith, and you begin to have a personal relationship with Jesus. But the question that was left out growing up and the tensions that existed in the church community that I was in was the second question. Do you have a shared relationship with Jesus? And that is that you take what you're growing and you take what you know and you begin to live it out. Are you doing life in a committed, deep, intimate way with other followers of Jesus? Okay, You can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and not be in koinonia. Have the depth or the level of relationship with God you would like and I I would like to have without having a shared relationship with others. 
So I think God is calling us as a community of faith, a community of believers in Jesus to live this spiritual, biblical community. And so here's what it demands. Number one, number one. If you're, going to, if you're going to live in biblical, spiritual community that we value, and I'll teach more on in the, in the uh, weeks and months and years to come on this, it's going to demand extreme commitment. It's not going to be that you just get up daily and you go, maybe, I hope, maybe, you know, I just, I just don't, I really, I'm fearful and therefore I won't engage. I'm, I don't like people, therefore I won't engage. I'm just kind of uh, depressed, so I, so I won't engage. This won't happen by accident. So what will it take for us to get to the place where we become extremely committed to this? Well, Acts 2.42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And they, and, and they were committed, not just sort of if it works out, well, maybe we'll show up at somebody's home or maybe we'll actually get together and, and do something. No, they, they devoted themselves to four things that I basically grew to understand and have understood about Acts chapter 2. They say, and, and you have to ask yourself, am I committed to koinonia community in these four areas? The first is experiencing the Bible together. I believe in our personal, private relationship with God, we have Bible reading, study, growth. But there's something about the fact that I'm sitting in a room with Rick or Joanne, and all of a sudden, as you're reading the scripture, that somebody goes, I never understood that, and now I do. And it's this epiphany, or it's this God moment, this illumination, and the Holy Spirit begins to unveil something, and we share that moment together in community experiencing the Bible together was acts to commitment. Second, doing life together. Not just how are you doing. This is so easy. You walk in or you're online and, and it's really easy online as well. But I walk in, I'm like, how are you? And it's okay. How are you? Good. How, you know, how was your week? Great. And how was, was your food yesterday? Yeah, it was good. No, I had kind of a stomach ache. I'm not feeling so well. Whatever. That's easy. Any of us can do that. It's, it's what we call small talk, right? It's just small talk. But we're talking about where you can open up your heart, share in confidence what you are praying about, what you are thinking about uh, as you wake up. And the question I have in this doing life together is who in community other than your spouse or your children but biblical community with other believers, who's waking up in the morning thinking about you and praying for you this week that loves you as a brother or sister? Who is that? And who is it then when you wake up and you get up out of your bed that you go, I'm thinking about so-and-so in their job. I'm thinking about so-and-so with their marriage. I'm thinking about so-and-so with their children and I'm praying for them and I'm, I'm doing life with them. Therefore, I've not forgotten them. They're not forgotten. Who is that? Do you wake up not just thinking about, gosh, today I've got to do this, 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 and this, but you're actually thinking about those that you love in your biblical, spiritual community. And then, breaking bread together. This is one that I don't know who wouldn't want to do this. 
eating. We love to eat. It's what we do, breaking bread together. And it's not just going, oh, we break bread together. The idea is that koinonia and that fellowship and that relational intercourse comes to the place where literally we go, we just are going to, going to dine together, so to speak. Here's, here's the thing. What do you do to unwind at night? What do you do? I'm the question on one line. What do you do to unwind at night? What, anybody, just ask him. What's your process? Watching an episode or whatever. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the crowd, right? You know, it's like, hey, me too. There's, there's certain shows, and you're like, you sit in front of the television, and I'm, I'm not knocking that. Okay, so don't walk away going, oh, man, you know, he's beating me up. Or, no, 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 fine. Watch the show, enjoy the show, whatever. We do that to unwind, and what is our unwinding typically? Where is that? It's in our home. In isolation, maybe, you know, you're sitting with your spouse or your children or whatever, and it's in isolation, right? So we do that to unwind. You know what the New Testament Acts 2 church did to unwind? They got together. They did meals together. And the way that they decompressed life was around a table of eating. Their Netflix of the day, their Amazon Prime of the day, was doing life together and eating some food, praying for one another, looking out for one another, and that's the way they go, gosh, I don't need any medication. I've got the, I've got the spiritual community that literally is like the volume of my life that allows me to relax. So, how do we get there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how we get back to that place because it sure seems, it sure seems, and this is a challenge, and this is for Challenge Online, it sure seems like, like here's where Acts 2 was, and, and we just have evolved to what? Become isolationists. And the thing is with the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, the culture hasn't changed. The atmosphere hasn't changed. The heart of God for the body of Christ and true followers of Jesus is for blessings and hope and peace and, and to understand having this relationship personal with Jesus and our Heavenly Father and then with others. It hasn't changed. But what has changed is the culture thousands of years later. So I'm asking you, what will it take to get back to kingdom community that demands extreme commitment? You got me. I think it's what you're saying, Steve, of going, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the Holy Spirit's power. But my question to you is, are you willing to what? Put in the time to seek God, willing to pray and ask God to begin to plant that fresh, something fresh in your life to get you to the place where you're willing to go, I'm willing to let down, be authentic, be real, and let people know that I have struggles like anybody else and do that community. What will it take to get there? And I would say this, it starts with you that hear me today, and those of you online that hear me today, it starts with you. It starts with you. Hebrews 10.25, the New Testament church, there were actually those that were starting to give up meeting together, so it wasn't just a 21st century 2020 issue. Okay, it wasn't just that. 
He's saying, hey, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Don't give up meeting together. So there are those, obviously those that call themselves followers of Jesus. And they would say, no, I'm, I don't do life groups and I don't do gatherings. And so it's going to take biblical community and it's going to take extreme commitment. And then the last thing is this. Last thing is it demands extreme results. I'm going to jump ahead, Alice. Extreme results. What are some of the extreme results that you would like to see happen in biblical community? Now I'm asking the question online. If, if we are going to live in this koinonia relationship, what would you like to see here? You'd like to see what? Okay, yeah, extreme. So if we're gonna, we'd like to see the, the extreme result of division and divisiveness diminish. It's good. What else? What, what extreme results do you want to see take place because of koinonia, biblical community, Acts 2 stuff? A passion for God. Yes, that when we get together, there's something about the fact that I get with you and you get with me and we're like, we, we walk away going, I love God even more because I was with you. What else? Stream results. Anybody online? The supernatural. The supernatural that literally when we get together, there's an expectation that when we're in a personal relationship with Jesus and then in a shared relationship with Jesus, that heaven meets earth and we see God doing something. Why? Because it's what the kingdom does in personal and shared relationship. He literally goes, as he sees us practice, Acts 2, he brings the supernatural. But I would say this, if you're not practicing it, then how's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? Extreme results. If I was, were to say to you today, hey, so-and-so, uh, and, and I'm talking about, in fact, we, we just did this, this, this last week. We had Kim Park that had vision issues, didn't have the resources, and the church some of you, thank you, for those that have given and contributed, helped her to get her sight back in one of her eyes. That's, that's, that's results. That's results. But what if I said, if, if what, what I'm looking for is something that extreme results is this. Okay, so-and-so is a single mom and her car was broken down and it needs to be fixed. Who would say, I'm willing to help with that and take care of that problem? online. But most of you would go, I probably can, or, or, or this single mom, her car broke down and, and, and you know what? This year, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take and I'm going to give a, a car that I have to her and I'm going to go get maybe something else. Or and I'm telling you, extreme results is because the kingdom of God sees a need and meets a need. And, I mean, literally, 
$100 moments of people going, hey, go take care of this. Hey, I'll help you with. That's something that's part of the biblical community constantly. And you should be glad that you're part of that. But, but it's not just going to be us. And here's the thing. There are a lot of people that would go, I will write a check, go do it. We could put up a bulletin board out in our, in our common area or in our cafe area, and we could say, here's all the community needs. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. But one of the things that, I, that bothers me about community billboards and all of that type of stuff is that then we can just give to it and never experience the biblical community of life on life. And our Heavenly Father is wanting us to go way beyond and experience this life. And then let me just finish this and Doug, you come up in just a moment. John 13, 35 says this. John 13, 35. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, followers of Jesus, Acts 2, community. If you do what? Love one another. So basic. So simple, right? So simple, so basic, if the power of the Holy Spirit is at work within our body. So bow your head and close your eyes. Lord Jesus, we pray today. We pray over our body online as well as those that gather here those that will be gathering at Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and family and wonderful God. And, and I pray, Father, that just as the seed was planted and the, the, the thought of unwinding around tables and unwinding around food and, and letting down our walls of fear and opening up and being authentic with one another and living spiritual, biblical community. God, would you bring that back to your church? And not, not just in a way that says, I get, we can live and go to people's houses, God, but that doesn't mean that we're letting down and we're opening up and we're being vulnerable. You're wanting us to have this relational intimacy with each other in biblical community because it's what your kingdom is. Not because I say it's the thing to do. Not because we say it's the thing to do. But it's the king in the kingdom that says, you are better for this. That's what you have established, God, in your church. That's what you desire for your church. It's the kingdom. And I pray, Lord, right now, that you will bring us back Some of us are living that and doing that, and that's wonderful. But then, God, those of us that are and are living that, I pray, Father, that you will help help the rest of us to engage that. Take down the privacy fences. Open up the garages. Change the thermostat of our soul to prepare, God, for what you're wanting to do. Thank you, Jesus. In your awesome and mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd like to invite you to visit our website, newhope365.church, where you can access past sermons, devotional series, videos and activity pages for families, get connected with one of our life groups, and keep up with everything happening here at New Hope 365.